As soon as people identify and something is made as this group versus this group, they just stop thinking. Any rational thinking, and that's both sides, all sides. You know, you go to work and you're running this track, but because of COVID, you're not just running this track, bro. There are hurdles. And as the things develop and we learn more, we're putting up more hurdles to protect us, protect the patient and protect everybody. And everybody gets frustrated with these hurdles, of course. Those are the voices of today's guests, Dr. Britt Long and Nurse Jose Pacheco. And you are listening to the Stimulus Podcast. If you see patients for a living and find it's not always so easy doing the job, we get you and we've got your back. My name is Rob Orman. I spent 20 years as an emergency physician and now as a certified coach, I help physicians get unstuck, recalibrate their work-life balance, rediscover the joy in work, and sometimes find new careers and creative outlets. We produce the Stimulus Podcast to give you tools to find more fulfillment in your life and work and do it all with intent. Don't just suck it up. Think differently. And the topic for today's show is something that many of you have voiced frustration about, not only publicly, but specifically to me. We've gotten a lot of email about this. And that is shift after shift, week after week, month after month, caring for, managing, interacting with, and being frustrated by unvaccinated patients who have COVID. We've talked about this you know, a, a bit in drips and drabs, but never directly. And what ensues in this episode is two conversations about navigating those waters, you know, going through mental processes and ways to frame interacting with unvaccinated COVID patients. And I don't make any claims that there's an absolute answer here, or we present the one best way to do anything. What we've done is brought two thoughtful people to the show with somewhat different approaches, but Approaches that I think are well thought out and compassionate. And to that point, you know, maybe you have a different idea, different approach, different thoughts on this. If so, we'd love to hear about it. You can hit us up on the website, which is stimuluspodcast.com. So our guests today, as you heard in the intro, we've got two of them. And they're two individual conversations. In part two, the second half of the show, you will hear from the most requested return guest on Stimulus, that is Jose Pacheco RN. If you go back to episode one, Verbal Judo, Jose's voice is the first one you hear. His voice, yes, is the very first thing that was ever heard on Stimulus. Jose is an emergency department nurse, and in our town, he's, you know, he's like a bit of a local legend. You know, for, first off, for his personality, kind of ebullient personality, but more so his thoughtful approach to caring for patients. I mean, just really cares. And not just a legend among healthcare providers, but frankly, among the community. So we're going to talk about how Jose is navigating this. And in part one, we will hear from Dr. Britt Long. Britt is an assistant professor of emergency medicine in San Antonio, Texas, editor-in-chief of clinical content at emdocs.net, and one of the most published authors in the field of emergency medicine. I say that without exaggeration. And, you know, we heard from Salim Rezaei a while ago, and we were talking about what therapies have evidence of efficacy in the outpatient environment. And, you know, Salim is working in emergency department, the ICU, seeing a lot of COVID patients. Britt is 
working in sort of a, a similar situation, but very COVID specific. It's a unique environment where he's running what is in effect a COVID emergency department in a COVID ICU in an underserved area with an incredibly high unvaccinated rate. So he is just getting this situation in a really concentrated fashion. And Britt is a member of the US military. And we will say his comments come with the proviso or caveat or disclaimer that the views expressed do not reflect the views or the opinions of the Department of Defense or its components, Defense Health Agency, United States Air Force, Brook Army Medical Center, or Sashek EM residency. So let's get to it and hear what he has to say. Dr. Britt Long. So I want to know how you manage your mind in this situation. You are super busy. Your next patient, which is like all of your patients, has COVID, clearly COVID pneumonia. They're sick. They're on oxygen. You put on your PPE. They are unvaccinated. They are unapologetically unvaccinated. And this is your 17th patient today who is unapologetically unvaccinated. So what is your mental process for dealing with that? Besides the initial reaction of, I resent you. <laughs> what is your mental process for dealing with that? This has been my scenario every day where I'm currently at. And I, my wife has been at the, <laughs> uh, let's just say the receiving end of just some frustration with some of our patients. But when it comes down to it, we took an oath to, to care for the patient, no matter what happens, no matter who walks through the door. Um, I, completely am just objectively going to be caring for that patient. I don't even let my thoughts or my bias weigh into what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to do, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to give hundred percent all the time. Do you talk to them about the unvaccinated status and kind of like why they got there or just that maybe it's a good idea to do it? I approach it very carefully because uh, I've made the mistake of coming out and saying, Hey, the vaccine really can help people it's not out there for any negative purposes. We're just trying to take care of patients and keep them from coming into the ED and keep them from being admitted to the hospital or put on a mechanical ventilator. And unfortunately, many patients respond very poorly to that when you're kind of up in their face. So I actually will ask patients when I'm seeing them, would you be willing to talk to me about getting a vaccine at some point? And that actually opens them up because they show that or it shows that I'm respecting their opinions and they're more willing to talk to me about it. Now, I've had some success with it. Around 80% mm -hmm. of the time, the patient still does not want a mm -hmm. vaccine. But that means one in five are willing to get the vaccine after that discussion. I knew I was coming to the, to the right guy. I was thinking <laughs> about this last night, uh, that so much of this comes down to belief. It's all belief. And where do you find your belief? And all right, so you, you and I, we believe in the scientific evidence. And let's be honest, it does take a bit of belief. Now, we believe that because it is reproducible, that there is peer review, there are fail-safes to make sure that what people are saying is actually true. Now, there can be falsehoods, absolutely. But when we see this, we get the New England Journal of Medicine, and we read this article on it, and there is a moment where you have to believe that that is true. 
and we are scientists with medical training. And the path that we took has led us to those beliefs. Now, I think a belief in science, you got a lot of backing to you. You got a lot of backing in what you might call fact or empirical evidence. But somebody believes that the vaccine is going to be harmful or whatever. And I think a question or potential question is, what do you believe about the vaccine? And I believe it causes XYZ and XYZ. Why do you believe that? And the reason I was thinking about this, I'm reading this book called Humble Inquiry by this guy named Ed Schein. Ah, it's so good. And essentially, it brings up what is one of the fundamental problems of our current culture. It's been a problem with culture since (laughs) I think there's probably language, is that we do not have a real sense of inquiry into the beliefs of others. We have bludgeoning with our opinions and beliefs and pushing someone into submission that we are right and they are wrong. Now, when it comes to this, we feel very strongly that we are right and that someone who is not taking a vaccine is wrong. And from a public health standpoint, they are horribly wrong. But from their belief standpoint, they are fully, fully justified and right. And you are wrong. Yeah. And if you look throughout history, this underlying conflict or failure to look at the other person's perspective underlies like wars. I mean, it underlies these thousands of years of conflict that we undergo. And I I have to give props to my wife here. So she actually uh, is a trained social worker. She's not doing social work anymore, but she is also a big vaccine proponent. She asks people who She's just, you know, discussing current events, the vaccine with, and she'll ask them, what are your concerns with the vaccine? And so I've actually also taken that. That's a really great question because you find that people have completely different perspectives and things that you wouldn't even consider, fears, concerns that you wouldn't even think about. And I think that addressing that on the micro level is really where it comes out because on the macro level, It's hard to get any kind of a foothold because it becomes so defensive. Whatever side you're on, the other side, you are a complete freaking moron. That critical thinking just goes out the window. As soon as people identify they and something is made as this group versus this group, they just stop thinking. Uh, Any rational thinking, and that's both sides, all sides. We just need to address the person's concerns in front of them. We're not trying to label them as anything. We're just trying to get their fears, answer what questions we, what questions they have. And I think by addressing those concerns, people are more open to hearing what you've been seeing, what your concerns with them not getting a vaccine are. I'm concerned that they're going to get others around them sick. I'm concerned that they're potentially going to get severely sick and potentially die from this infection, which is almost preventable, at least severe infections are preventable with a vaccine. It's crazy that we have this technology that can defeat this horrific virus. And just being able to talk this over with patients just by getting your foot in the door is a huge win. Let me give you a long roundabout story. So I'm going to tell you something that you (laughs) might find absolutely unbelievable. Our listeners, especially if you're not in the acute medical care community might find unbelievable. And (laughs) many EMS personnel 
in our community, many EMS. So these are people caring for acutely sick COVID patients, not just them, acutely sick, vulnerable patients, the elderly, et cetera. Many EMS personnel are not vaccinated against COVID. And I was speaking with an emergency department colleague who recounted an interaction he had with a paramedic fireman, brought in a patient, clearly had COVID pneumonia. It was probably in cytokine storm. And, and the paramedic said, hey, can you let me know if this patient tests positive? Why did he want to know? Because he didn't think the vaccine was a good idea, but he also didn't want to get COVID. He didn't want to die from COVID. Yeah, it's a peace of mind. My friend told the paramedic, he said, all right, listeners, this is not safe for work. He said, fuck you, man. You are so selfish. <laughs> oh, man. Not only are you putting yourself at risk, you're putting your entire fire department at risk by coming off of rotation for not being vaccinated. You are at risk for exposing all of the vulnerable people that you care for and transport, as well as your fellow firemen paramedics, so many of whom also refuse to get vaccinated. So you want me to tell you if this patient has COVID? Here's what I'll tell you. Go fuck yourself. And so, and so wow. the paramedic said... Do you think I should get vaccinated? Then? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> hey, it, that's a potential win so right that, there. So that worked. And, and another story from uh, another merge part story: a patient came in with COVID pneumonia, who patient was unvaccinated, as were ninety five percent of the other COVID patients in this particular emergency department. Right? I mean, it's yeah. kind of that's of course, of course. Yeah, what are you I like mean, yeah. seventeen times more likely to be hospitalized with COVID if you don't have the vaccine? And nurse caring for this patient, for one of the patients, lost it, lost it, said, why did you even come in here? So, so now you believe in science? Now you believe in science that you're really sick. And it's like, oh, okay, like this other stuff you do, I believe in that, but not the vaccine. So you believe in medicine, you have no right to be here. So the patient then asked for another nurse. <laughs> <laughs> who who went in the room and said, hey, you know what? We're all feeling it. We're all feeling frustrated. And oh, man, great, good cop, bad cop. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and what you're doing here, it just puts a lot of us under stress. So here's what I want to do. You're really sick with COVID and you didn't get vaccinated and you got the idea to do that probably from somewhere else. And now you're thinking, maybe I should have gotten a vaccine. I want you to call and text everyone who convinced you to not get the vaccine and said it was a bad idea. Let them know that this thing is real. Get it on social media. Let people know what you're going through. And that has worked. That strategy has worked. And, uh, you know, kind of on that micro level of getting vaccinated. That's so important for us as physicians to realize we're all about evidence, kind of like you said, we're scientists that treat patients. So to us, evidence is awesome. It's, it's gold. But for other people who don't have our scientific training, who aren't able to critically appraise literature, it's going to be those personal stories. Those are going to be the home runs. People believe the stories. And that's what I, I think, you know, people who believe that the vaccination is a bad idea, you know, hear stories any vaccine is going to cause problems and you can pull any story out like, look, this happened to this person. And I heard Joe Rogan say the other day, it's definitely problematic in many ways. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I know, I know tons of people who've had heart attacks from the vaccines. First off, no, you don't. But, you know, he just told like a 
million listeners like, oh, wow, Joe Rogan knows these people. That's a story. And that locks it in. And, yep. but you know, you said something earlier that I, I think was really, that really the key, it's like, this is an anti-death vaccine. That's, let's just say that's all it is, anti-death. Um, and, yep. Yep. you know, so if you're listening to this and you're not vaccinated, I ask you to take a good hard look at the reason why. Don't look outside yourself at what someone else is saying from the bully pulpit, but inside, you know, what belief in you has led to the decision and weigh that belief against what you're hearing now, which is just the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg. And if you're wondering what the vaccine does, you know, and you see like, oh my gosh, people who have the vaccine are getting COVID, you can still get it. It doesn't do anything and it actually does harm. So framing it as an anti-death vaccine, I think that's the way. It's not going to keep you from getting infection, not 100%, just make, you know, make it less likely, keeps you from dying with incredible efficacy a friend who's a nurse who was talking to a patient and who didn't want to be vaccinated and, and framed it like this, like, Hey, you know, the only thing that this vaccine is going to do for you is keep you from dying. And it's going to do more, right? It's going to do more things, but just framing it in a very simple yeah. way. Yeah. And, you know, as you can see, you're sick right now and you've only got this one life. And if you know this, if you know that this vaccine keeps you from dying and you only get this one life and you still choose to not get vaccinated, well, you know what? You are so effing gangsta that I don't even know what to do because you are a player. <laughs> it's like, like, wow. Wow. Like, wow. like, you are so gangsta. You are willing to risk your oh, life man. based on this. Like, oh, there we yeah. go. There we go. Yeah. Completely different perspective right there. It's a reset. <laughs> Cognitive reset. There's so much stuff. There's there's websites for this. I you know, hear these pleas from clinicians begging people to get vaccinated. There's so much pain. There's so much suffering. And this podcast in particular is kind of a place where people are sending in their, their stories. And the stories are all the same. I am burnt. I am tired. This is not what I signed up for. This is really wearing me down over time. Like in the beginning, there was a lot of challenge, but a lot of excitement because this was new and like the therapies are coming, like the things are settling out, you know, it's kind of the, the long haul of the now long haul. Now we're in the long-term part. People are frustrated and I, you're, your approach in the beginning, really interesting. And I think to be applauded and lauded because I would imagine that you know, I know you're working in this situation where you are just seeing COVID all the time. You're in this a very unique environment. You're doing ED, ICU, and all this. And I would imagine that you get so tired sometimes that the very virtuous Brit Long is not the one that is your inner voice. Oh, yeah. It's the devil on my shoulder seems to be like maybe seven or even 10 feet tall. So what do you do then when you're thinking like, oh, you know what, man, I just, I'm so frustrated by this. You might as well go smoke when you're getting your heart, Kath. I'm a very big introvert. I, at work, I'm an extrovert. I love being around people. I love being around patients. But when I come off a shift, I almost don't want to speak to anyone. I want to stare at a wall or just read something. But when I've had one of those days, the best thing I can do and uh, what I found that's been working for me very recently is actually just talking to a family member. That could be my wife my brother. And I just tell them, hey, would you just mind listening to me 
for two minutes, maybe five minutes. Don't say anything. Just let me get some things off my chest. And being able to decompress with them saying nothing, not providing any feedback, not providing any tips, no critiques, has really helped me. That's what's kept me sane. Decompressing about your frustrations, your shift. Exactly. Everything that I saw, everything that was frustrating, that I just kind of wanted to bang my head against the wall. Uh, I mean, a lot of those are uh, discussions that I've had with patients where I just, they're very frustrating because I can't get, I can't reach them. I, I can't, no matter what I say, no matter what I do. That was especially early on in the pandemic, I was getting very frustrated and now I just kind of, hey, you know, if I'm successful with the discussion on trying to convince them to get a vaccine, awesome. If I can't, that's no skin off my back. I'm going to move on. Do you celebrate your successes when you're having that conversation? Uh, no, I, I, I definitely celebrate successes. And if the patient says, hey, uh, I'm willing to take the vaccine today or yeah, I'm going to go get the vaccine. I actually congratulate them in, in front of them. I say, and I tell them thank you because they are making this huge effort. They were willing to talk to me and they're having an impact on our healthcare system by just getting the vaccine. So I, I thank them before they leave. When I'm talking with family, yeah, absolutely. I talk about successes. On those rough days though, it's more of the failures. Okay, so for, for, your, for your vaccine success, I'm gonna suggest something for the next time that it happens. Just- Oh, I can't wait for this. All right. You have that conversation and a vaccine hesitant or reluctant or- anti-vax, whatever you want to say, patient says, you know, I will get the vaccine and I'm going to talk to my family members about it. And that's by, by your patience and frankly, compassion, because that's what it takes is compassion, is wishing the other person to be well. Absolutely. So next time that happens, just uh, instead of the de that seven foot devil on your shoulder, put me, be, me on your shoulder if you, <laughs> if, you can, if you can stomach it. It's going to talk right into your ear and say, Brit Long. You are awesome. <laughs> awesome. Go ahead and te text me when it happens. I might even just send you like a little voice memo. And uh, all right. <laughs> all right. You know what? Let me just, I'm just going to send you a voice memo. You can play it. <laughs> or you just don't do it your own voice. Don't need to be me. You are, because I think getting beat down, beat down, beat down in frustration, continued frustration, that is just an accumulation of little bits of PTSD. Yeah. It wears on you. Yeah. You become that. And so, to celebrate those moments, those little moments of saving someone, of receiving gratitude. And you know, we've talked about that. On, I, don't, I actually don't even know if we talked about it on the show, but uh, we will. Uh, receiving gratitude, persuading someone by listening to them. That's what you're doing by listening to them, having humble inquiry by persuading someone to get a vaccine or just listening to someone. Celebrate that, man. You're going to have in your mind, you're going to fall asleep and all you're going to hear echoing is yourself saying, Brett Long, you are awesome. <laughs> all right, buddy. Good talking to you. Thanks, Rob. Brit Long living nothing but COVID, taking a compassionate and non-judgmental approach, using listening as his strategy for seeking to understand then be understood and not just coming in hard charging with the data the data bullwhip and now on to our guest for the second half of the show 
where I think you'll see some similarities in the approach with meeting people where they are and trying not to be judgmental or maybe just acknowledging your judgment but still caring for the patient, some compartmentalization with emergency department nurse, Jose Pacheco. What are your conversations with unvaccinated patients oh, man. today? Oh, man. Uh, oh, right. So the last time you and I spoke, uh, COVID wasn't a thing. Y you know, there's still stuff about it we don't know, right? So <laughs> yeah. it's like everybody's scratching their head. And man, uh, have things changed. Um, Oh my gosh. And, and as a side note, uh, to whoever's listening, you know, is, is it cool that we go on a tangent? Absolutely. This is, uh, this is as you can tell, there's no notes. There's no structure. No, no, no. no. <laughs> and, uh, so one of the questions I keep asking myself, cause everybody, uh, right. This is hard. COVID is hard right now. COVID is hard. You hear about it. Everybody's burnt out. Everybody's fatigued on it. Everybody is, uh, ex like th there is no word to describe to anybody who's not in the trenches, on, on how things are going. You know, I um, usually clock out and I try to leave it all there. One thing I just want to say is that uh, whoever's listening, I hope you guys are safe. I hope that you guys hang in there, right? Because this is not the time to, to quit because you, you're seeing a lot of people quit. And I hope that you guys hang in there because this there, I believe that there is a endpoint to this insanity. At the end of this, we'll look back and feel proud that we stuck in there because I've been talking to a lot of people who can't take it anymore or they feel like they're on the brink of quitting. And my advice to myself, and I uh, feel free to take this on, is this is not the moment that I should quit because of my experience and how long we've been in the game. So if you've been in this game and you've been fighting this fight with your patients, as far as treating people for COVID, you understand COVID more than anyone else coming into the game. So please hang in there. I mean, as far as like COVID being done, I mean, I, I don't think the virus is ever going away. No. It's, I mean, it's here, it's going to keep mutating. And I mean, un unfortunately, with uh, such a large unvaccinated pool, it's just got a nice playground to keep mutating and but, uh, coming you know, on I back. Keep, and I keep thinking to myself, like, yeah. we're either going to run out of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. and that's the saddest thing to yeah. say. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a dark thing to say. But we're either going to run out of people that uh, catch it and pass away from it. But there, there are people at work, you know, and I'm, I'm constantly sitting there scratching my head like, all right, why is this so much harder? Mm -hmm. is, it, is it us? Are we telling ourselves this is harder? Is it uh, because of the patient load? No. You know, you might be asked to flex, you know, your muscles up to take on an extra patient. And I was talking to one of my friends and I, I asked them, I said, hey, man, like, what do you think is making this whole situation harder? And he said that it, it's not that it's um, more work. The work is the same. It's just more things you have to do regarding work. So I just pictured this track 
you know, you go to work and you're running this track. But because of COVID, you're not just running this track, bro. There are hurdles. And as the things develop and we learn more, we're putting up more hurdles to protect us, protect the patient and protect everybody. And everybody gets frustrated with these hurdles, of course. You're either, I hope, either going to get really used to these hurdles and then you'll be strong enough to just jump through these as, you know, we do. Let me pause you there. I, I can see your posture has, has slumped a little bit, but when we talk about your shifts and you've kind of gone from being the drunk whisperer, <laughs> you know, from episode one, what we heard to the COVID whisperer. And when you see the pain and the suffering in any of those individuals seem to have taken it upon yourself to insert your personality, your body, your presence in that situation, whether it's a patient who's pissed, whether it's a nurse who's pissed, or whether it's a doc who is absolutely at the end of their rope. What are you doing? Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because um, my better half, I vent to her. You know, no one, no one gets that side of me but her, you know. And so <laughs> she'd be like, how was work? <laughs> and, and I almost just want to break down and, and just like vomit my frustrations yeah. due to the day. Yeah. But I, I can't. I can't do that to her. It's not fair. You know, but uh, some of it, sometimes it'll creep out and she'll notice, she'll be like, man, you are not as excited as you used to be to go to work. And my mental exercise for the day as I'm working out uh, before my shift, which I, I, my gosh, if it's not a routine that uh, anybody out there doesn't do, I would encourage it because man, does it shake off the cobwebs. I'll, I will tell myself like... You're there for so many reasons, but one of the biggest reasons I need to be there today is to help those that I rub elbows with to be in a better mood. So, you know, as much and as hard as it is to muster the energy to get in there, because you know you're going to get egg in the face. It's, uh, you know? it's, it's coming. Yeah. It's you coming. know, like you might as well listen to uh, what's that Pantera song? The one where the guy talks about getting punched in the face, walk on board. Is, is it walk? I think walk? so. Yeah. And and you you know and and it's funny because it, 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 when I was in residency, I had a Pantera sticker on my car, and it, <laughs> if you can believe it, I had this very brief phase of uh, I don't even like heavy metal, but it was just something about Pantera that was. Uh, just like the yeah, you're going to war. The, yeah, the movement. It's like oh, yeah, this is yeah. it. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. It. And and I and I I like and it's funny. I'll play that sometimes in my card. Like I'm gonna go in there, and there's no way that they're gonna beat me down. You know, and and so I am there to to bring joy and light and uh, a little bit of uh, fun to this environment because, and it works. And it works, man. But by the end of the shift, I am depleted. Yeah. You know, you can only muster so much. And it's easy to be a holy man an hour <laughs> two. It's impossible Dude. at hour twelve. Yeah, it is. And and so because you're you're just dumping this uh this positive energy and it's taxing, but it's it's awesome, man. Like at the end of the day, looking back, it's like, yeah. 
cool. This was worth it. And uh, as hard as it was, I will see you salty dogs tomorrow. You know? <laughs> so let's... Uh, okay. So I want... That was a total tangent. That's okay. Not. So I want to get back to this situation. That the, it was the vaccine, right? Yeah. All right. So first off, there was I know there was a, an instance where someone came in with COVID. I mean, ninety five percent of the people in the emergency department with COVID to that degree are unvaccinated. The nurse who was caring for that patient went off. Oh man, this was early in the game, right? Yeah. What happened? And, what happened? Um, the nurse was pretty much frustrated, rightfully so. We're all human. You know, it's funny how we on the customer side forget that the person that's giving you this customer service is human. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, so it's like you like walking into an elevator. Don't expect the guy who's pushing the buttons to be in a, the best chipper mood in the world. You know, cut the guy some slack. He's doing his thing. He's just there to push buttons, man. Don't. And that person who's taking care of you may be having a bad day and, it, and you might actually be making their day worse. Yeah, bro. And, and uh, this uh, gal came in, oil, it was an oil and water situation. And he came out of the room and he was like, oh man, you know, she is pissed. Like, what happened and you know i'm in he he's like i'm just tired of these people they you know they're coming in here and they're unvaccinated and they're sick and and now they want our help and it's like and in my mind that's the oath we took there is i mean i'm t talking to docs who say yeah you know what they 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 can have help we can just have a separate place for them to go. And it's not with all of, not with all of these other patients. And you know what, if you're not going to take the care to take care of yourself and take care of your community, then you're going to need to have responsibility for that. But bro, yeah. who is going to offer them the awesome care? Yeah. And, oh, and the, the answer to that was all of the unvaccinated, um, care providers are going to work. Are gonna work yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard that just the it's other day. It's not a lot. It's yeah. not a lot. Yeah. And if you look at those people, some of them believe that the earth is flat. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to this. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 uh, he and I just, uh, kind of came to the decision that I was going to take over mm -hmm. and I was going to go in there yeah. and, uh, I, I, you know, I got it, man. You just don't worry about her. I got her. I'll, I'll take this brunt. And I went in there and, uh, you could tell she, I think she was equally as embarrassed as she was frustrated. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. What does that person need? You know, when, like we, it, we had, we had a, a book club recently on nonviolent communication and it comes down to needs and feelings. Oh. And it's just, what is it you need right now? I mean, when you're talking about embar embarrassment, it's like maybe just allowance that that's happening. Man, uh, I think the way I disarmed her. Do it. What yeah, happened? What it happened? Was, it was, uh, she's like, who are you? And I'm like, my name's Jose. I'm going to be your nurse. You know, I, I overheard that you and my buddy uh, kind of clashed there for a moment. But please don't take it to heart. Times are tough right now. And uh, I'm just going to be your nurse. And we're going to get you feeling better. And I want you to know that uh, I, I really don't care why you ended up here. 
let's just take care of business. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge you. I don't care that you weren't vaccinated, which is a, a problem, but you, that's your problem. You know, but I'm, I'm just here to do what I need to do to make sure that you're going to do okay. And let's get you out of here. Let's either get you home or get you admitted one or the other. That's, that's my sole purpose, but we're just going to do it with love. And I'm just going to tell you that things are tough outside this door right there. Things are difficult and we're struggling all of us, every single one of us. And she kind of like, kind of, you know, got cozy back in bed. And I said, you just relax, you know, let me, she asked me if I was vaccinated. I was like, absolutely. Like, this is not, you know, now you see why she was like can you charge my phone i was like sure absolutely and i was like you know you should take the opportunity to um tell your friends and loved ones that they should go get vaccinated and she's like yeah that's a that's a really good idea and a couple of hours go by i went back in to go chit chat with her and she had called some people to tell them like man this is real this is nothing to F around with. Please go get vaccinated. Dude, the people had the audacity. Her friends had the audacity to tell her that she was a loser, a sellout. They can't believe that she would be saying this. Mm. And, you know, I don't know what her outcome was. I just hope it wasn't bad because she yeah. was sick. She was really, really sick. You know, we got her out of the ER and uh, we, you know, before she left, she was really grateful. And she ended up asking me to apologize to my friend, mm -hmm. my coworker. She was like, let him know that, you know, I understand he's frustrated. And I was like, man, I, I, I hope you fare well, you know, but you got to go because we got another one to put in this room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and And now... The, the interactions I have, the, the majority of the people that are coming in with uh, COVID issues are just unvaccinated. I'll, I'll get into it with them conversation-wise. Like, man, please tell me why you didn't do it. And she goes, well, because of the research that I've done and uh, people are dying because of the vaccine. And I'm like, I don't, I've not had one patient in here personally that has had an issue you know we're not treating vaccinated people i mean if they come in you know they don't die if they're vaccinated you know they're they might be sick but they don't get sick to the point where they're intubated and then we're you know they're dying that's kind of a funky conversation because they're they're very just yeah. in their belief yeah. and more power to them right and we can't sit there and think you're stupid <laughs> Your, or, you know, it, it's just, uh, like religion. Now it's, it is like religion. Yeah. It's a belief like that. We were talking about that. Yeah. In a and previous and, episode. and yeah. that's yeah. the, one of the things I've added to my list that when I talk to people, I don't talk about religion. I don't talk about vaccines and politics and money. <laughs> you know, you gotta add that one in there now because it's such a, how dare you? You know who you are? You're Ruth Bader Ginsburg with Scalia. Right? Oh. right. Like they were really good friends, but she was able to compartmentalize the fact that uh, he had these judicial decisions that she found so reprehensible and so contrary to her beliefs. But she was able to compartmentalize that aspect of her work and say, oh, we're I have see value in you as a human being and I like spending time with you. Very hard 
That's to a mad compliment, bro. Do that these days. So you do do that, yeah. but it is hard to compartmentalize that, you know, especially with the vitriol with which people express their beliefs, <sighs> yeah. political beliefs, religious beliefs, and now it's oddly their beliefs on virus. And, you know, we don't teach critical thinking in this country with social media people think they're doing quote unquote research and even you know reading a medical study which might be craply done but it's like oh yeah i can hang my hat on that people just don't know how to how to really interpret that data so you know no wonder that if that's the algorithm of information that they're being fed then of course that's what they believe and, th and that's that's one of the reasons why you can't get mad you can't be upset because in their mind, they are doing their due diligence. They are doing what they believe is right. And in your mind, you're so busy. You're so busy in that day. And you think this person with their asinine choice in your mind, their asinine choice, uneducated, non-critical thinking choice is now in that bed right now, making my life harder. And I'm so overwhelmed and just... F all y'all, right? Like it's so easy to get to that place versus, hey, you know what? I'm here to treat whatever comes in and that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed before, that hasn't changed after. Overwhelm makes that a lot harder. And it's time when you are in these situations to maintain your compassion and to maintain your, kind of your intent of caring for people to go shields to full. Shields to full. I'm putting on some virtual armor and circle the wagons. My team and I, we are sacrosanct. We are a tight special unit. And now we're going to go take care of these patients. You know, shields to full, circle your wagons when you're at work. When you're home, right? It's like, okay, what's important? My family, my, my health, the joy, the fun. I got that metaphor, you know, with the shields to full and circle the wagons from a, a a friend of mine, I didn't make that one up. But years ago, I was super busy. And a friend of mine is a, a firefighter. This is not, not in this city, this is another city. Firefighter brought in a patient. And he was always so funny and always had a, had a joke. Like even if, you know, he brought in somebody who had been like shot in the neck that you're going to, you know, do a crike on. It was always like, yeah, what's up, man? How, how you doing? All right, let's get this, let's get this all done. I was so busy at that, at that time. Like the waiting room was packed or a couple ambulances coming in. I was just way behind on everything, had a couple calls coming out. And he came in and I was like, just enraged that he was bringing me another patient, that he was the vehicle to bring that in. And it was just like, everything was so raw and so open. And you know, a lot of this show is about kind of having an examined life and having an examined time at work. But like that, that moment is just seared in my memory of, whoa, everything that's happening right now is in me. You know, he's just doing his job. I'm creating the narrative here. It reminds me of something you said. I'm creating this narrative and my just emotional charge is just so out of control. I need to, I need to come back. I need to cool off. I need to settle. And I need to put the shields up a little bit. I need to put the shields up and kind of, and power through it. Sometimes you just got to power through. Talk about grit, right? There's the right kind of grit, the wrong kind of There's this, you know, this grit for your career of just kind of putting your head down and sucking it up. And it's just like, I can tolerate anything. That is horrible for longevity. To, like, that's how you're going to 
tackle everything. But sometimes to tap into that grit and that fortitude that got you to this point, that got you to your medical degree, that got you to your nursing degree, sometimes you need to say, I'm going to crank that up to maximum and get through this. If you're going to tap into that in different ways, I was like, okay, this is not about him. I'm being a total wanker to him right now. And I, I don't want to be that. I can't believe what's coming out of my mouth. Reset, recharge, put up that shield, re-engage. Yeah, man. It's funny how, as you were saying that, I all I kept um, thinking to myself is how how would I, if I was that guy, yeah. what would I do? Yeah. You know, seeing yeah. you, you yeah. know, I was like, man, you know, I think circling back to what we originally talked about, like, hey, man. Can I get you something? Can I get you anything? What yeah, you can, can I do? You can get your stretcher and you can take it out of my ER right now, man. Right. That's what you can right. do. And, and, and so, like, there's that approach where, like, you want to you wanna make sure that the person you're working with is okay. And then you got to think to yourself, I'm going to have another interaction with you, man. Yeah. You know? And... What are we doing as a country, right? Like, yes, there's this divide. and But is anybody uh, taking the time to just say, this might not be your fault. This might just be everything that's going on in the background. You know, one of my favorite sayings is just be kind because everybody else is fighting a good fight. You know, everybody else is fighting a fight that you have no idea. And I remind my little ones of that as mm -hmm. they go through their day. Yeah. I'm like, everyone is fighting a fight, you know, regardless of what they might appear. They could appear as happy as, you know, sunshine, but there is a fight going on. And so with that in mind, it's like, man, you know, I know you're fighting a good fight. Uh, what can I get you? And what can we do, right? Those that, that can take a moment, step outside of the situation and just look at it from above and, and kind of see what's going on. What can we do, right? Like these patients who are driving us nuts that don't get vaccinated. I would love to see this person out in the world after this dilemma is done and see that they're okay. And that right there is the root and seat of compassion. Just as I want to be well, I want you to be well. Yeah. And, and, but what are we doing? You know, what are we as providers and caretakers and caregivers and any, any staff, you know, that's in this situation where you're looking at somebody and you're like, you kind of did this to mm -hmm. yourself because, you know, but we got to remind ourselves, like they think they're doing the right thing. It's like getting mad at, um, at an Alzheimer's patient or getting mad at the kid who came in who didn't wear his helmet. You're not, right? Or the, you know, I, I think about between the two of us, how many patients with myocardial infarction in the emergency department who have had one before are still smoking? Yeah. And smoked that day. And, and, now, granted, that smoking isn't going to, you know, potentially infect you, but, but it's still kind of like, look, you're, you're your own worst enemy here exactly. or... You know, yeah, as you're saying, you think you're doing the right thing. And so when I put it into that perspective for me, and I, I kind of told a couple of people that were having a rough day when that came to me, I was like, you wouldn't get mad at the Alzheimer's patient who threw poo on the wall. You would just be like, bro, 
that's just what you do <laughs> you know and and so but and and you just do what you dis took an oath to do and and I think if we were to approach everybody, regardless of their situation at the present moment, in, in the sense where it's not necessarily their fault, it's just, you know, the fight that they're fighting, the, uh, you know, the information that they're being fed. And it, it's like, it's hard, but it, it's just a decision I think we need to make when we're at patients, uh, you know, and, and even coworkers, I do not need to look at you as the issue. I mm -hmm. just need to look at the issue at hand and maybe we can navigate through this together. We need to stop seeing uh, a divide here. I hate that word that America is divided. I really hate that, you know, cause it does make work harder. It's just another dang hurdle. And I wish that we would that that I just wish that shit would stop because it's sickening and, and it does make it harder because I'm not against them. You know, I, I was uh, taking care of a guy one time who oh, I think he had like a bowel obstruction or something. So, all right, not not super complicated. And this was when um, healthcare was uh, an issue in the election. And you know, I personally believe that everyone should have access to healthcare and not have it lead to bankruptcy. Amen. <laughs> right. It's uh, you know what, you know, I want to have private insurance or extra insurance, what great, but just some kind of at least common level. I, I think that would be tax dollars. Well put. I don't, I don't talk about politics much on this show, but kind of coming from that standpoint, and so it's like, you know, somebody else believes otherwise, like, all right, whatever. So this guy was really well-to-do. And I was, I was working in a suburban emergency department at the time. And, um, you know, it was like an affluent area. And this was an affluent guy in the affluent area. And I was like, okay, I'm talking about this stuff. And he said, oh, can you believe this healthcare business? And I was like, no, I can't believe this healthcare business. And just before then, I had seen two uninsured people who were thinking, oh, boy, I don't know if I want to be admitted to the hospital. This bill's going to kill me and all this. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. But, and he says, um, man, they're going to make us just like Canada or England. And like, everyone's going to have healthcare. We're going to have to pay for it. It's going to be horrible. I'm not going to choose my doctor. We're going to have death panels. You know, all these things, all the stuff that was going on in that wow. election. Just in that moment, I had this flash of, oh, I freaking hate you. I hate you. And I just come from those situations with those patients of thinking, all right, how are we going to navigate this? How are we going to navigate this within the realm of your life because yeah you're right if you get admitted to this hospital you know you're looking at 40 50 grand for what you got going on and if you don't you're gonna die and if you don't you're gonna die and it was just this horrible thing i was thinking oh my god how are we a first world country and this exists and then i went into that situation and um i god i can't even remember how this tangent started but thinking about that guy but i had had to pull back and think all right compartmentalize these things like the fact that this guy believes this or doesn't believe this or who he is as a person has nothing to do with the fact that he's got a bowel obstruction and you know just as i want to be well i want him to be well that's truly what i believe as a physician i think that his his political beliefs are totally different than mine but it's got nothing to do with and this I, and i want to add to yeah that because how many people out there right? That come to you with this complaint. How many of them truly understand the political science of it all? 
you know, when people talk to me and they're, they yell about the debt, the mm-hmm. debt ceiling, the economy, politics and, and stuff like that. And they, they know nothing. Yeah. They know nothing. This They've never couple. taken a course. Right. They'll watch the news for a day and consider themselves a advis- like a, a noble person to this cause. And they feel like they can uh, argue with scholars, you know, because of what they heard <laughs> on the news. And it's like, dude, cut the shit, man. You've never taken a political science course. You've n- you know nothing about it. I mean, if I were to tell you that... Um, you know, your taxes are, are going to go up. You have no idea what that means. You don't know where it's going, but, you know, you don't want your taxes to go up, but you're, you want your roads to be great. You want 911 to answer your phone call, right? But it, it, it's like, that. that is just, you write like pebbles of what this giant problem is. And so goes right back to, man, you don't know shit. So I'm not going to hold it against you because you are, you're just spewing garbage. There's nothing valid to his point. You know, I wonder, like, was he some sort of college professor who knew economics? No, it was all the talking points from the news. And exactly. I, was, I was thinking, wait, do you, <laughs> I, start, I started asking, I was like, what? Do you know how many people in this country have bankruptcy from medical bills? And I, I started getting into it. I was like, oh, bring ooh, it ooh, in, oh, baby. Oh, bring it, pull, <laughs> pull it back, pull it back, because the guy next door is going to need to be intubated in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I do not, not. You are not worth my time in that, in that venue, man. <laughs> you know, I would, I'd come home from work and uh, talk to Melissa, who is a much better ER doc than I, because <laughs> she knew how to prioritize. And I'd say, oh, yeah, you know, I met this guy. We had this conversation and all this stuff. She goes, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, you're a freaking ER doctor. Like, you've got all these patients to see. You don't have time to sit. you got 50 people in the waiting room. Why are you talking to someone about the old man in the sea? And, you yeah, know, and, and, and then, you know, Steinbeck versus Hemingway. It's like, geez, <laughs> just get the H&P and write in your orders and see the next patient. What is wrong with you? Yeah, and but but we're all human, and yeah. it's hard. It's hard to to uh, break away and and forget that it, it's that fine line, right? Where we were talking about earlier, you know, like the widget factory, yeah. the little little yeah. man, you know, the conveyor belt, and you're just putting together these pieces. Is where's that fine line between that's what you're doing, you know, and that that insanity, that chaos, you know, and you're just like thing after thing after thing after thing, but. A part of you really wants to connect mm-hmm. with everybody you you touch and yeah. and come into contact with. So, yeah, dude, your wife is the bomb. <laughs> but I, I I don't blame you for for trying to understand where he was coming from. But it seems to me that you were able to pick up on bullshit real quick. <laughs> All right, hoser. My bro, this was delightful. Uh, much love to everybody out there. Uh, thanks for having me again, man. This was such an honor. Such, such an awesome experience. Total delight. Thank yeah, you, my bro. And that is it. You have an episode of Stimulus under the belt and maybe even some new tools in the tool bag. Fan freaking testing. 
you are now part of the stimulus team. And what most team members do is subscribe to the show so they don't have to use that precious brain power to remember to download it. If you want to reach out to us about one-on-one coaching, you can do that via our website, stimuluspodcast.com. And while you're there, you can also find complete and detailed show notes of this or any other episode. Until the next time, my friends, be well and keep on rocking.